Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, all I send in Central. Follow me now. Say, say, I think it's a rolling hip hop. Say, say, roll, just a rolling hip hop. Welcome to the Blitz with Rob and Chris. Uh, we are two Michelin tire lip brothers about to give you a pie live. Rob, what it do? Live and direct from Miami. Uh, had an interesting little weekend. This weekend was Miami Carnival weekend. So I got out, saw the sights. Listen, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, the, 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 the Trinidadian and the Jamaican Carnival it puts uh it makes our, our new orleans carnival look like you know something light Stop. the way these people dance in the street they got paint being thrown all over and people dressed up in costumes i mean this was some wild stuff i saw people dancing in trees people you know dancing on the ground all kind of wild stuff you you must have been you only been gone about three four years bro. you forgot already <laughs> it's because of cold you just forgot yeah, because of COVID. i mean yeah it's true i probably haven't seen a new orleans mardi gras since about 20 2019 2018 i guess right right we we didn't see everybody from you know people getting it on the fire hydrant on bourbon street you know <laughs> everything else it's still going down in new orleans man my my weekend was uh i was just telling you off the pod bro i'm, I'm coaching uh deuce and flag football and, and these little dudes bro they bad but they don't they don't listen they got an ego you, you think i'm coaching odell beckham out there <laughs> you know i got a bunch of odell beckhams what grade are we talking age we talking uh, nine, eight, nine, eight, nine, nine, ten, third, fourth graders, uh, boys out there thinking they all pros. Can't tell them I nothing. Had to check them. Had to check. I had to put my mask over my mouth. Had to check one little kid, bro. About to make him cry. But uh, but other than that, you know, we just getting it. Uh, our weekend's boat sound like it was better than John Gruden's weekend. <laughs> uh, so. I mean, I don't think we can start anywhere else but John Gruden. You know, we in the heart of the football season, baseball in the playoffs, basketballs in preseason about to start up. But uh, Gruden made some headlines. Took the took the the headlines from from every other sport. Took them for Urban Meyer too. But right, to get, right. give give us the timeline because you know, like I said, I was so caught up with Miami Carnival. There's a lot of phone updates that I'm seeing, and I, <laughs> so I feel like the the Michelin tire comment that was was that Thursday. That was Thursday or Friday. That Man, was Thursday or Friday. Reserve my opinion on the fact that it somehow, you know, it wasn't until Monday night that he got fired, right? Or was it yes. Sunday night? Mo Monday night, they allowed him to resign. Like you said, he right. should have been fired. But I think it was either Thursday or Friday for people who don't know who are listening. Um, some emails were leaked uh, due to the investigation of the Washington football team dating back to a, a year or two ago. When they had the just the whole upheaval in the administration with the cheerleaders being, you know, nude photos and, and being forced to do things with, with sponsors and stuff. And so in due to that investigation, the then president, I believe, uh Bruce Allen was was good friends with John Gruden. John Gruden sent emails to Bruce Allen's work email uh, in 2010-2011 time frame where he referred to the NFL Players Association President Morris Smith as Dumb Morris and uh, said he had Michelin tire lips uh, but that he didn't have a racist bone in his body. So word got out, Gruden apologized, a couple of black dudes defended him on Sunday night 
And then Monday, the bomb hit. Uh, there was also leaked emails that he referred to uh, Roger Goodell, the, the commissioner NFL. As the with, other F word. Yes, the other F word, a, a gay slur. Um, Called him a clueless anti-football pussy as well. Yep, and he also... Uh, Some negative accused, things apparently said about Obama and Joe Biden back yes. in 2012. And he accused Goodell of... Uh, forcing Jeff Fisher, who was then the head coach of the uh, Los Angeles Rams or St. Louis Rams uh, at the time, uh, to draft a queer, referring to Michael Sam in 2014. Some um, uh, some some statements uh, making fun of Caitlyn Jenner, mocking the fact that I guess she won um, yes uh, some award, I guess, uh, after transitioning. And and some comments about women referees. So he just, he just triple threat, right? He's right. racist homophobic uh and women sexist. hater sexist all right. he didn't he didn't did them all and uh you know i we talked a little bit about i'm still it. not over the dumb boris smith has <laughs> yeah. the size of the michelin tires i'm not that you know that one that it's not lost on me no and, and it's not lost on me that that quote came out first black folks defended him including right. what you said what mike tarico told tarico told him yep uh josh jacobs and when the other stuff came out Nah, then he had to go. Not now he's had to resign. The the you sent the uh a text about the Buccaneers removing him from the Ring of Honor. Uh so it just all fell apart once he started, you know, had homophobic and, and sexist slurs. Which was, which if anybody watched the Dave Chappelle uh uh on on Netflix, that that's kind of goes along the same lines of a lot of the jokes he made about uh the baby and, and the baby getting canceled um not for murdering someone but you know for in fact the homophobic comments that he made so it's kind of just interesting because they're saying that the dave Chappelle's uh joint is gonna get pulled off of netflix and for for basically for i think for those comments and so mm -hmm. for this to come right on the heels of that which is you know exactly along the same lines of what he's talking about is just interesting to me. and i don't think it's lost on at least me and myself just the comments that Goodell made, feeling that comfortable to send it to uh, another NFL employee, work email, like it leaves no doubt that that Kaepernick, Eric Reed were kind of blackballed out of the NFL. Yeah, well, that was also one of the comments he made was about Eric Reed saying he should have been fired. And obviously, during this time frame, you know, Gruden's working at ESPN, so yep. he's not in football. But just the fact that that's his mentality and. Like he's somebody that seems to be universally liked, especially amongst African American players for the most part. But like, what I don't want us to miss here is that Antonio Brown was vindicated in this whole thing. Yep, and Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn always called him a fraud. Yeah, and uh, Antonio Brown tried to tell us that he was racist when he was out there in Oakland. <laughs> Apparently, still not. I'm still not a hundred percent sure that Antonio Brown's basis for saying that was was uh. Anything other than his own self-interest in you know. <laughs> right, and and uh, not too many people like Antonio Brown. <laughs> so if that's if that's the basis, then they got a lot more races out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean I, that got kicked, that kicked off. That's been basically the whole NFL news um, since the start of the weekend. I but, guess my question to you is, you know, bringing up that Dave Chappelle whole conversation. It, the bottom line of the conversation is cancel culture and, and it being too much and how people no longer can say things and essentially move on with their life 
um, it you are permanently canceled, like Ring of Honor gone, your name isn't said anymore, you won't be on television. And the question I think was, you know, is that the proper way? Like when you look at this incident for you, do you think this is the proper outcome? You know, that he's essentially just deleted from football at this point. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, I think it's starting to happen throughout, like, not only sports and entertainment, but even in, like, everyday life. For instance, my son goes to a school named after white supremacist uh, Robert Mills Lusher, and the board just unanimously uh, voted to change. Actually, that's your... uh, Middle school, oh, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm a modern so, sixth through eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. So uh um they just unanimously voted to change the name that you know the board didn't really want to change it, but students started coming out over the past couple of years. Parents, you know, it's been a, a big, a big to-do uh in the community, um across many schools in New Orleans, actually, uh, just with you know everything that's going on in society. So I think what you've seen in sports is really a microcosm of what's going on. Uh across the United States, just based off given the last two or three years. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent with the whole cancel culture movement, but I, I mean, I guess the only problem I have with the Gruden situation is maybe the age of the stuff, the 10 years, but I, I think mm-hmm. that like you don't get a pass just because it was a while ago. Like, I, I don't think that that's necessarily the past, but, um, I'm okay with him being fired based on the stuff that he said. Um, I think, you know, the argument against it is, well, he wasn't with the Raiders organization at the time. He was at ESPN. Mm -hmm. People can change. Views can change. But I think that the amount of stuff he said over that period of time is just too much. Like, well, I was offended too many communities, too many, (laughs) yeah, too much just wild shit. And it's like, damn, if this is what you feel comfortable putting in writing on company email, um, or to someone's company email, can only imagine what your every day to day conversation is like. Right, and I think that's like part of it too, right? It's like I, I agree with you. Like cancel culture has kind of taken over, and although it was ten years ago, what I'd say is if he said that shit ten years ago, I imagine he's still speaking in those. Like he he was a full ass adult. He's fifty something years old, so he was forty something back then. Like he ain't grow up that much. Uh, and that's just what we have on record now through those emails. I'm sure if you dig through some emails, you know, talk to a few friends, I'm sure he said some some, uh, some fucked up shit uh, in, in, in between those times. But, um, you know, it's just a matter of, of getting caught. And uh, I'm sure they got a few people that haven't been caught yet. But uh, yeah, I just you know, 650,000 emails. I'm waiting to see. So it's nobody like, else said anything offensive in them 650,000 emails. I find right. that hard to believe. It's going to be more heads rolling. Right. For sure. I, I'm curious to see uh, what they got out of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's going to be in the news some more. Uh, and the Redskins did have an issue with the trainer that was, I think, forced to resign. And maybe there's a DEA investigation going on there. So you wonder if that's something that might have come up uh, through those emails as well. Right. So, uh, all right, look, let's get to football. Week five. Um, anything stood out to you? Week five, NFL? Uh, the coach choking away that game last <laughs> night. <laughs> that was an epic choke job. Um, 
the, oh man, that that Thursday night game was was a, a pretty good game, but you know Russell Wilson breaking his finger and now you know gonna be out six to eight weeks. That changed the landscape of things. I'm beginning to think Aaron Donald doing this shit on purpose, bro. <laughs> right, like he's out here straying hands. Um, and you know that's you know as a Saints fan, that's big for us because we got them coming up on Monday night soon. So um, you know that that's just gonna be in that that West is so competitive for him to miss six to eight weeks. Um, that could be that could be something that keeps them from even being a playoff team as competitive mm-hmm. as that that division is. So I thought that was you know that was big. Um, you know, uh, I'm never gonna be one to just ride the jockstrap of Tom Brady, but 411 <laughs> yards, five touchdowns at his age. Um, even if there's some stat pattern going on, uh, that was impressive. Old fashioned ass whipping they put on the Dolphins. I, I think the storyline is why kickers in the NFL can't kick anymore. Outside of Justin Tucker, all these dudes do is miss field goals. The Saints cut one field goal kicker, picked up Cody Parker. He missed an extra point. Uh, I think, too, he missed two extra points. Um, I think it's Green I, B. I think they were all on Adderall, and I think they started getting <laughs> tested for that Adderall, and all of a sudden people can't kick. Green Bay in Cincinnati had five consecutive misses. Uh, you're going to talk a little bit about, about the Bengals kicker celebrating the missed field goal. Um, and then last night, if Monday Night Football, Colts had that game won. The uh, Blankenship, the kicker for the Colts, misses an extra point, which leads to, to the Ravens making a 22-point comeback to take it into overtime. And then before to go to overtime, Blankenship missed a 47-yarder. So just, I mean, it, it's – not only field goals, but extra points um, are, are being missed. It seems like a astronomical rate, uh, more so than in, in the past. I think another important storyline we can't miss is, uh, well, A, the Chargers look good, um, yeah. as do the Cardinals remaining undefeated. But yeah. what's going on with the Chiefs, you know? That, like, is that is this is, have they just had a very difficult schedule to start the season, or is this a sign of larger problems that we typically see when teams put that big money contract right. on a quarterback and then they start to have to slowly but surely lose depth and chip away at players at other positions and the team slowly falls apart? And not, I don't say falls apart, it would still be a playoff team, but you know, when you thought that you may have been in a position to have a dynasty, then all of a sudden, you know, potentially now you have a team that's scrapping and fighting every year uh just to be you know a, a you know two or three seed yeah i mean if you look at the afc mm-hmm. it looks like the at least at the top you know top four or five teams look like the afc might be the stronger of the two conferences and uh kansas city got a got a fight on their hands they already lost a, a division game to the chargers you know buffalo beat them who's also sitting atop um the afc standings at four and one so you know, there's some some young guns, and both of those teams have young quarterbacks, younger than younger than Mahomes, um, and and who are still have quarterbacks on rookie deals, which we've talked about since we started the podcast. How you know the time to win Super Bowls is on that quarterback's rookie deal. You look at Russell Wilson. Um, you know, you, you you look at basically every team outside of uh, the the Ravens back when he had Flacco outside of, of Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, but even with Tom Brady, that's always been less thing. money. He's right. always taking less money, right? Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. Drew Brees, while he wasn't on a rookie deal and he wanted, he wasn't on his big money deal because he was coming off of that arm exactly. surgery. Like it's exactly. always been some type of discounted quarterback situation. It's rare that you have a guy top five salary in the NFL at the quarterback position. This, um, and definitely when you sign a dude for half a billion dollars, right? Um, you're gonna start making cuts. And defensively, they can't stop anybody. Um, right. The Ravens ran over them. The Chargers threw all over them. And um, Sunday night, the, the the Bills, you know, basically had their way with them. Right. So uh, yeah, that's something to watch because because right now they're sitting at the bottom of the AFC West, and uh, you know, with six, well, seven teams going to playoffs, they'll make the playoffs, but I, I don't know if they uh, it can make a third run. I mean, it's it's hard to to keep going back to the Super Bowl as it is, much less once you pay your quarterback five hundred mil. Um. Any other storylines looking forward to coming into this week? You know, I'm always looking forward to seeing my Saints, Jameis Winston, you know, 12 <laughs> touchdowns, three interceptions, you know, oh. I'm a Florida State guy. I think Balling. he's like third or fourth in the NFL in touchdowns. He's right now he's on pace for like 44 and 10. I just think we should talk about it. I think that's Sean Payton needs to embrace that man. And you're talking about a, a quarterback playing without his top two wide receivers and his who's the guy who's likely gonna be his top tight end. And he's also missing his center and left tackle this past week. So, yeah. Um, and, and I'm, you know, just I'm high on the Saints in general because when you talk about the defensive injuries, the kicker injury, I mean, that's a team that's going to look, you know, is just going to continue to get better over the next couple of weeks. And I mean, if you look at it, we really should be four and one. Right. Uh, some coaching blunders, I think, cost us the Giants game uh, against a bad Giants team, but also uh, the Cowboys. Look like they might be back, bro. I think they Cowboys might be do look for real. They look yeah. legit, and they only losses at Tampa being and open. Yeah, and you think about how close that game was down exactly. the stretch. I think that was a field goal that separated those two teams. Like that's yeah. a game we could be seeing again in the playoffs. And in fact, that's what uh Dak told Brady as they shook hands in midfield. Like we'll see you again. So um, they're playing with a lot of confidence. Zeke has looked like he's getting back to his old self. They got probably one of the best you know wide receiver tandems in the league with Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. So. And Cedric um, Wilson been balling too. Yeah, and and Gallup, Michael Gallup is is injured, and he's a, a right. top you know, three receiver on a team. So right. it's getting it's getting legit. Uh, it's gonna be fun to watch come playoff time. But uh, let's move on. MP8 about to start the season. A lot of talk. Of course, Kyrie Irving stays in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Um, the Brooklyn Nets just came out and said that Kyrie Irving won't play or practice until. Uh, he's eligible under local COVID-19 vaccination mandate, New York. Um, as most of you probably know, Kyrie Irving has not taken the vaccine and does not plan on taking the vaccine. And so his status is kind of up in the air. Uh, what's your thoughts on Kyrie? Listen, I mean, we, this guy said the earth was flat. Like, can we really be surprised about what we're getting from Kyrie? He seems like he's, you know, he's always on the other side of the issue. Everybody looks like they're moving left. He's going to move right. At some points in life, that's a good thing, um, but not on issues like the vaccine, in my humble opinion, right? Um, the, uh, uh, one thing that also just bothers me with the NBA players in general with this topic is that, like, you have access right. to, to to the best scientists in the world and the most research. And so this idea that, oh, I, I just don't know, or I'm not sure, y- you can get that information very quickly. 
And I seriously doubt that there's any doctor that's communicating with Kyrie that's telling him that this vaccine isn't tested and he shouldn't trust it. So that that's what confuses me because in order for him to be doing what he's doing, and I think the Nets just basically came out and said he can't practice or anything like that until he gets the vaccine. Because previously, I think it was he wasn't going to be able to play home games because of New York state laws mm-hmm. with regards to employment. But now they're basically like, you can't even practice. And so then the question became, if he can't practice at home and he can't play at home, should he even be allowed to play on the road? And I think the Nets are basically like, just no, you, you basically you're not with us until you are with us. Right. Um, and, and get this vaccine. And so, I mean, if I were a KD fan or a James Harden fan, I'd feel really bad for them um, because they're poised to make a, a serious run. The injury cut their season short last year. And like, this is, this is such an easily fixable issue, dude. Just right. go get the two shots, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, I had to do it for work. There's a lot of people who have to do it for I work. I did too. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, I, I mean, I'm just of the opinion that Kyrie just not very interested in playing basketball. Um, he took what a two week hiatus last December. Um, sat out multiple times. He's taking breaks from the team. You know, if, if I'm KD, especially, I mean, hard too. But if I'm KD, especially because he went to Brooklyn to to you know create a duo with Kyrie Irving, I'm pissed. I mean, it wasn't anyone's fault, but Kyrie's injury basically derailed the Nets from winning last year's NBA championship. Now he refuses to practice. Um, you know, so that's kind of up that status is up in the air. And and KD left a situation in Golden State, you know, winning what two out of three championships. So time is ticking. KD is what 30 two 33 years old time is ticking in his career he's trying to get more rings to be you know with the greats uh to to sustain and and, and continue on his legacy so i just think those guys are gonna you know they're starting to implode but i, I think eventually it's too much money carries passing up on not to get the vaccine yeah um, but it also kind of annoys me and kd is 33 by the way um just made 33. it it just kind of annoys me the, like if he ends up go, getting it it's like right. well, why did you do all this you know what right. i mean like why did you essentially act out create this big scene and just to double back and you know do what we kind of knew you were going to be forced to do this whole time speaking of let, let's next topic is is kind of of the same issue different not covid but uh ben simmons right held out uh said he wanted to trade refused to report to training camp and uh to your point right like why did he sit out for the last two weeks he's lost a million dollars and all of a sudden his agent rich paul was negotiating his return how you negotiate a return to a team you currently under contract for i'm not sure but uh he returned to the team today uh took his covid test and preparing to come back i'm assuming so he won't lose any more money uh but demanding a trade coming off of a playoff series in which he took one fourth quarter shot in three or four last three or four games uh trade values down the tubes but you're demanding a trade i i don't know i, I don't know what some of these dudes are thinking yeah you know ben simmons is about that gallivant he got one of these like <laughs> social media famous girlfriends they've been all over the place i always you know i i don't want to just blame you know a woman in a scenario but i think that a lot of times you know those people 
you know, those players on that level have a chorus of, of, of people around them, you know, just affirming them and saying the same stuff over and over again. And I'm convinced that a lot of times they don't see themselves through the eyes or the lens of, of how everybody else is seeing them because they're so used to having people tell them how great they are and, and, and things of that nature. And so to, to me, like when you look at the Ben Simmons situation, you effectively destroyed all the leverage that your team would have in trade negotiations. And you have no leverage in terms of, you know, making an argument that you're some kind of dominant player for this this franchise and they need to be so invested in you. Like you, you can't carry this team in the ways that they need to be carried right now. Um, and just frankly, it doesn't really seem like you're getting along that well with the coach and the uh, actual best player on that team. And you still can't make a jump shot. Or a free throw. Or a free throw. Or a goddamn layup for that matter. <laughs> passing off of shit. <laughs> you better go ahead return and take that goddamn check, man. Right. Uh, and, and be careful, Rob. You know, you're going to get us canceled talking about these uh, women. And, you know. No, I just, you know, I'll just point out that all offseason, everything that's been shown to him was yeah. him At, with this. I don't yeah. know what her name you're right. is. At yeah, Wimbledon. Yeah, with this social media star girlfriend. And so when I pivot to my other point, which is just the general idea that they have, a, you know, a group of people around them. And that that's not just me saying that. I think I've actually said that on a podcast before that they said one of the problems with Ben Simmons was that um, he doesn't listen to coaching. He doesn't take coaching well. And he has people around him who won't hold him accountable in his family circle. So um, it makes it hard for the coaches t- to reach him. Um, yeah, so that's. That's just what I feel like all of this is because it just it seems I think I've said this about Kyrie on prior case, lack of self-awareness. Yep. It's like, dude, yep. you are not in the position to be calling any kind of shots after the, you know, final series you just had. Like, what is going through your mind? Not to mention he um he backed out of a, a previous declaration that he made that he was gonna participate in the Olympics with the Australian team. He backed out to say he was gonna work on his game to then to your point. Like out there gallivanting, you know, basically at Wimbledon and, and all across the country in the world, really, um, you know, with his social media following and, and, and girlfriend. So, just like you said, lack of self awareness. Um, last topic in NBA, I want to get to the Lakers. Um, been a lot of talk about Russell Westbrook joining the Lakers, his role, him trying to get the most out of AD. Um, Carmelo and LeBron teaming back up. So they got a lot of star power, a lot of names, but you're talking about a lot of guys um, over the age of, you know, 30 outside of AD. Russell Westbrook, you know, got a lot of years on him. Um, LeBron is 30, what, eight, I believe. I think Carmelo is 38. Um, So a lot of people think, you know, Carmelo's on his last leg kind of on the back end and and LeBron can only – do what he's been doing for so long. Or do Dwight you think Howard is up there also. He came back. Um, do you think they're legit title contenders? Do you think the Lakers can win? I mean, all? I think they're title contenders, but like, you know, I don't think that they beat Brooklyn if if Brooklyn has everybody. Listen, I mean, one thing we don't really talk about is, you know, losing Danny Green, Catavius Caldwell, Pope over the last few years. I mean, those guys in that championship run, even though you know, they didn't, they faced a, a, a kind of a weak heat team in that NBA finals. Like those guys, three and D guys, um, were useful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Wayne Ellington and Kent Bazemore now slide into your starting lineup. Um, 
Kendrick Nunn probably be coming off the bench. I just Malik Monk coming off the bench. I just Rondo. don't know. Yeah, you know, but I, you know, Rondo is playoff Rondo, right? But on a regular season game in, game out, they also had DeAndre Jordan. Um, regular season game in and game out. I just don't know if I see that um, as actually functionally that much better. I mean, the big thing is Russell Westbrook coming in uh, and replacing Dennis Schroeder. Um, and that's an upgrade, right? Schroeder wasn't a great shooter and he drives a lot and prone to turnovers. I mean, at least in Russell Westbrook, you can get way more hustle defense and rebounds, you know, yeah, um, but not much better shooting. I just look at the roster and I don't know, um, you know, a lot of these guys, when they end up in these situations with LeBron, LeBron, it's like, yeah, maybe he's got a decent career three-point shooting percentage, but it's totally different when the lights are bright because you're mm-hmm. playing, playing the NBA and he kicks it to you in the corner and everybody's going to be mad at you if you miss this three, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if those I, guys are up to that task. I, I think the benefit of Russell Westbrook is he allows LeBron to kind of coast in a regular season because Westbrook plays like his game seven in the NBA Finals in every game he plays in. So I think he allows LeBron to kind of coast through the regular season and save his body for the playoffs. But to your point, like I don't think Westbrook really provides them any uh, advantage or uh, I don't know how he makes them better offensively in the postseason. When people start playing defense, it becomes a half-court game. Like he's his liability is shooting. And when LeBron when they is played, him, when they played the Rockets in the playoffs that year, I mean, literally the right. whole Lakers team. This was in the bubble. They just backed off of him and yep, watched exactly. his shooting percentage plummet. So, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, Carmelo was a streaky uh, three-point shooter. So I just don't know to say that, you know, shooting is what LeBron needs around him to be successful. You didn't add much shooting in the offseason. So I, I just uh, – I'm a LeBron fan. I want him to win, but I, I just don't know that this team uh, has a legitimate shot to, to win it all, uh, given the roster. Now, let's get on to our, our best segment of the show. Winners and losers, Rob. Give us your first winner. Yeah, so we don't. We're not gonna have no baseball in this in this whole podcast. Yeah, right? I mean, got, man, listen, bro. We, we got people advancing to the National League Championship Series, American League Championship Series. The the, the Red Sox just upset the um, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and we don't even we don't even get two minutes on the pod. Huh? That you, you just got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Astros. we can have the Red Sox, Astros, and in the ALCS. It looks like the Dodgers are probably going to advance. I think to play the Braves in the in the NLCS. I'm, I'm pulling for the Astros. Dusty Baker, that's my dog. I mean, once the Yankees lose, I kind of tune out, you know. But I, I keep track. But I'm not invested emotionally. I'm so damn tired of this one game playing after a hundred and sixty. <laughs> two games of baseball like it's just you're sitting there just demoralized <laughs> like yo i just sat up here and followed a 162 game season for my team to get a one game play in and lose and now the whole season is over and people are like it's great for baseball i mean i guess it's, it works if your team wins right but i right. think that, i believe that's the second straight year that the yankees have lost that playing game so no I, i'm not enjoying that at all um and in the in the, in the uh, NL, didn't they have like two teams with like a hundred wins in the playing game or something like that? Right. You know, like just that seems ludicrous. 
that seems like a waste right. of time. And just as a, if you're like an intense baseball fan going to that stuff your whole, you know, all year. And yeah. now you just got to watch that one night. And if it don't go your way, if you're a pitcher, like if for the Yankees, I mean, he comes out and he struggles, you're like, well, the season's over. Like, right. And I, 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 a league in which it's based on series, it just seems weird that the first playoff game is a play-in. Like, right. Like every – the whole season is a it's game. It's built of around – right. It's built around pitching staffs, right? Yeah. Because you need to have more than one pitcher to, you know, be a you know an effectively good baseball team. And you probably need three to be, you know – a, a true World Series contender. And then now for the playing game, all that just goes out the window. Yeah. So that, that's why I don't like to talk a lot of baseball because they just got old rules that don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and to your point, I think it was the Dodgers that had 100, 106 wins, but the Giants had 107. So um, the Dodgers ended up having to do a playing game against the 90-win Cardinals team, Cardinals team. And like to our point, you know, your pitcher, your star pitcher gets hurt. Just has a bad outing. All of a sudden, with 106 wins, which is more than you know the Braves who won the East and the Brewers who won the Central. At 106 wins, you could potentially be out after a one-game plan. Right. Right. And I mean, it's just it's just foolish that the Giants and the Dodgers, the two best records in the National League, are playing each other in right. a division, divisional right. round. Like you should and at least like to. Right now, you' about to lose, you know, one of those teams, and uh, oh, the Dodgers won tonight, so that series is tied two to two, right? So now it's going to go to a deciding game five, but that's because that's like record-wise, the best two teams in baseball, basically. Right, right. So you know, we we missing out on what should have been probably an awesome uh, NLCS uh, matchup, right? Uh, a true series, a seven-game series, right? Right, which they need to change that too. Can't can't the NLDS go to seven games, please? Right, right. I mean, like you said, a, a complete 162 games, you can make the playoffs a little bit longer. <laughs> right now, now we worried about time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had an eight month season, and now we worried about hurry up and getting through the playoffs. Uh, but, but let me jump into my winners and losers. That's that's enough baseball for even me. Um, <laughs> my first winner is Lamar Jackson. I mean, what he did last night. 37 for 43, 442 yards, four touchdowns. And this is a guy who's been, you know, questioned his passing ability, been questioned repeatedly, led his team to 22 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Um, just an amazing performance. And, you know, I've been one to say it on this podcast that, like, I don't know that he can never be an elite passer and, you know, different things of that nature. And, you know, he's going to have to try to find other ways to win for his team. But this season, like, he's doing everything in his power to prove that wrong. And in the words of Rod Tidwell, show him the money. Contract, yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, my second winner, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, breaker of the Drake curse. I don't know if you saw, but on social media the night before of, before the fight, Drake pronounces, you know, announces that, that he's a supporter of the Gypsy King. They text all the time. He's a great guy, and I, I want to see him win this fight tomorrow. Immediately, everybody on social media, knowing about the Drake curse, um, said, you know, the Gypsy King was done. And the Drake curse, 
you know, you look no further than uh, Serena Williams. I think that was the U.S. Open that, that she was competing in that year when she was trying to, I think, compete like the Grand Slam. And, and she was dating him at the time. And he, he, of course, had to make it about him. It was front and center cheering. And uh, she ended up losing that. And then that's just one of many uh, people who Drake has supported on social media who then went on to lose. I think there was, uh, maybe it was Kentucky when he decided that he wanted to like be in their layup line and all this different stuff. And, you know, they weren't right since. Um, so anyway, yeah, Tyson Fury, third matchup of the Deontay Wilder trilogy, um, knocks him out. I believe it was in the 11th round. And I believe he was down in the scorecards at the time. So it was a, it was a huge knockout. And, you know, folks clowning the hell out of uh, Wilder saying he looked like Martin on that Martin episode. <laughs> falling through the ropes and his face was all uh, swollen. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is just a tough matchup for Wilder. I mean, Wilder, I think, started boxing like the age of 26. I think he's 35 now. So you're talking about a guy who's not a career fighter. He just needed to make money and he essentially taught himself how to fight and then took some serious training. But Fury's a guy who's been fighting his whole career. Fury's also what, 6'9, 280? Yeah. And Wilder, you know, the first fight in that trilogy, I think, came in at 212. So he got up to 231 for this fight. But physically, fighting somebody who's two to three inches taller than you and 50 to 60 pounds heavier than you, um, that's always going to be a tall task. And he knocked him out twice in the early rounds, um, but just couldn't couldn't get it done. Um, so my second winner is Tyson Fury, the Gypsy yes. King. So, I so, so. And, I, and I just say, for the trilogy, some people say it's one of the most unbalanced trilogies because I think it was, what, draw and then win-win for Fury. Yeah. Yeah. And both wins were knockouts. But I will say that this fight was referred to as an instant classic. Definitely something everybody should check out when they get the chance. I mean, uh, just sticking to the Michelin theme, I'm just mad Deontay Wilder lost to the Michelin man because Fury, let's put Fury look like just look, look like just the marshmallow man. Yeah, it's just, just out of the stay, stay puff marshmallow man from uh, <laughs> just barely moving. Ghostbusters. And, and, <laughs> and uh, Wilder just come in, you know, like a rip 230 and just. Just you know, still like getting his ass right. Yeah, just Fury's a tactician. He's just right. You know, can't do nothing with him. Uh, needless to say, we don't need a part four. No, let's no. let's so, end that. Uh, yeah, let's end that series. Uh, typically, you know, each guy wins one of them when you when you fight three. But right. Wild does a uh, two and one. So just just take that one draw, brother, and keep it moving. And let's just be real: the heavyweight division ain't been right for a long time, though. Nah, not at all. Anthony Joshua couldn't even get a win to to be able to set his fight up. You know? Yeah, it's 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 pretty weak right now. Um, my winners, the first winner is Bubba Wallace. If y'all remember, it was a uh, you know not that long ago, uh, less than a year ago, when uh, a noose was was hanging in Bubba Wallace's uh garage uh, prior to you know a big race, and, and now this past weekend, this past Sunday. Bubba Wallace got his first NASCAR win at the Yellowwood 500 at the Talladega Speed Super Speedway, where that noose was left in the garage uh, months ago. Um, also, it's important to know that Jordan is a a big sponsor for Bubba Wallace's racing team. So, you know, it's just a big win for Bubba Wallace, a, a big win for the for Jordan and his brand and his in, you know entry into the the NASCAR field. So, um, shout out to Bubba Wallace. Uh, my second winner, uh, Rob is very familiar with this man uh, by the name of Jimbo Fisher. He led his Texas A&M Aggies to a win with his backup quarterback, Zach 
Calzada to a victory over number one Bama, beating them 41-38 in College Station. Jimbo became the first saving assistant to beat Coach Satan in 25 tries. So uh, shout out to Jimbo Fisher. Rob, who you got for your losers? All right, my first loser, none other than Evan McPherson, the kicker, 22-year-old kicker for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They're in overtime, games tied 22-22. to And uh, Evan McPherson kicks the field goal 49 yards out and immediately begins to celebrate because I guess he feels like he connected well. <laughs> I, I don't know why he, he – that's what he said in the interview. I, I don't know how he felt that way because to me it looked like it hooked pretty damn quick. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a, a, a violent little hook at the end and then caught the crossbar and bounced off. But his ass was already so busy celebrating, thinking that they had won in overtime. And then I think his celebration made some of his teammates start celebrating. And, you know, they jumping up and down thinking they won the game. And the thing then ricocheted off the damn crossbar and or, or, or the sidebar. And, you know, they went on to lose in overtime, 25-22. Uh, so he he is my first loser. Uh, only can really be compared to, I believe, that Swaggy P who's got, you know, he's been turned into a meme for, for life for that three-pointer he shot where he threw his hands <laughs> up and started to celebrate and then it rimmed out. Um <laughs> This is the, the the next worst thing I've seen since then. Um, my second loser, our boy, Urban Meyer, taken out of the news cycle by John Gruden. But let's not forget what we saw, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Urban Meyer loses, right? Loses, I think, it's to the Bengals on Thursday Night Football. And instead of flying back home like any normal coach would who has not yet won a game, um, <laughs> He decides since the game was in Cincinnati and he's an Ohio native and he has a restaurant bar in Ohio, that he would just go home and let the team fly home on their own uh, to Jacksonville. When he goes home, he goes to this restaurant bar that he owns and he's caught in a compromising uh, position where a woman is grinding between his legs. His hands cannot be seen. Um, you know, all I could think of was a song I used to see on BET Uncut when we was in high school called What That Thing Smell Like. And, you know, <laughs> go, go, Google it if you want to know what Urban Meyer appeared to be doing between this young lady's legs. To add insult to injury to this whole thing, Urban Meyer has a picture of him and his wife up on the wall in the bar. Like, not like just a face picture, but like a, <laughs> it's in the mural in the restaurant a huge mural and in it is a big picture of him and his wife yet he was seen with what looked look like several different college co-eds but this one in particular was grinding on him and you know his his hand looked like it was you know trying to sneak in between the legs um after all of that what does he do what only urban meyer knows how to do apologize and try to escape any real accountability, blame, or responsibility for his actions. Uh, they're saying that he's lost the locker room. They're saying the Shad Khan uh, is considering fire him in Jacksonville. And some people are saying that this is just a classic Urban Meyer self-sabotage when it doesn't look like it's going to go your way. <laughs> and the USC job has just come open. Maybe he's trying to get himself fired. I'm not ready to go that far yet. But I will say, regardless, all these things are clown tendencies. And had John Gruden not stuck his proverbial foot in his mouth, 
I think Urban Meyer, the, the media would have, I think, jumped on it so hard that he may have been the one that ended up residing this week. So he's my second loser. Listen, I'm not sure if Urban Meyer is self-sabotaging or not, but in that moment, I think his job was the last thing on his mind. <laughs> uh, all I want to know, Rob, is have you ever tried that move? <laughs> Are you familiar with that, move, sir? I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> what that thing smell like? Huh? Uh, I'll go into my losers. Um, my first one is, is is the I'm I'm gonna say the the Jameis Winston of the of the NBA, uh, Mr. J.R. Smith himself. Uh, he for for those of you who do not know, he has retired from the NBA and he has decided to uh, start up a new. Uh, sports endeavor and he's decided to attend North Carolina Central and become a member of their collegiate golf team so in his first collegiate tournament um, round three the last round he gets stung in a bit of irony by none other than a hornet the first team that drafted him uh, the New Orleans Hornets uh, so he was stung by a hornet all on the cover you know all on ESPN.com and he finished 81st out of any 84 entries <laughs> in typical J.R. Smith fashion. He's at an HBCU, right? Yes. Not known for his prominent golf program. <laughs> and he out here finishing 80. Like, he, he need to give that spot to an actual college kid. This right, is embarrassing. Give somebody an opportunity you know, to learn. 40 please. years old playing college golf. And he's terrible at it. He need, he need to be sponsoring a golf scholarship. I'm not taking up one. Because uh, Lord knows he ain't going to class. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And it's That's, just such a J.R. Smith thing to do to get stung by a hornet, too. At, at the golf at, tournament. At the golf yes. tournament. That he's finished damn near dead last. And I didn't understand how a pro athlete who's been retired for over three years, and I'm sure has gotten professional uh, golf lessons, decides to go into – you know, to be a collegiate golfer and then finish his day last against some 19 year old dudes <laughs> playing in, I don't even know what conference, you know. So it's GR Smith, you know. Thanks for keeping it interesting. Uh, my second loser, Kansas City Chiefs. Rob, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, AFC Super Bowl favorites, back to back AFC champions are in last place in the AFC West. Uh, Clyde Edwards Elaine just got hurt. He's out for several weeks. The defense has been getting run on, thrown on, and everything else. Uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes just signed a $500 million deal. So they're reeling. Uh, they're, they're trying to find their way, but they're not only, you know, lasting in the West, but they, they've lost a lot of head-to-head uh, -head matchups against the, the upper echelon of the AFC. So uh, the Chiefs are my second loser for this week. Let's get to our picks before we get out of here. Rob started off this year 0-6. Winless. Don't do that. Don't Winless. Do that. I am Because uh, last year I dominated. So I had one bad week. <laughs> well, you already got one bad week this year. So uh, you're on a roll. I'm 2-4, and four, you know, even but even though it's not great, still still in a, in a, in a nice lead given, given Rob's uh, picks. Uh, and don't forget, we got a hundred dollars bet on a line for for who wins pickup. So um, I'm not letting you forget that. 
First game, number 12, Oklahoma State at 25, Texas. Texas is a five-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I'll take the first pick here. I'm going with Oklahoma State. I haven't watched a lot of Big 12 football, and there's a lot of parity in college football overall. But Texas losing the Red River rivalry last week up 28-7 to and I think 35-14 at some point in the game. Oklahoma brings in their backup quarterback, Caleb Williams, and in the second half, run up the score and they wind up beating Texas. So I think Texas coming off that bad loss against against a rivalry can't get up for this game at home. And uh and I think they don't cover, but they lose outright. Going with uh, Oklahoma State. Rob, who you got? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Texas here. Uh Oklahoma State, you kind of look at their schedule. They haven't really blown anybody away, you know. And you know, their big wins against Baylor and and Kansas State teams that are, you know, at the back end of the top 25. Um, I think Texas is going to be, you know, frustrated based on the way things played out. I think their quarterback had a great game. He might have gone for like 400 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, they they did everything but win this damn football game. And I and I a lot of those passes Caleb Williams threw at the end when he came in. Um, I just there was some 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 it was great plays made by the wide receivers, but those are. Some of those passes were prayers. You know what I mean? Yeah. He also had a long rushing touchdown that um, – 66 yard on fourth. Yeah, one. I mean, he Kyle did not Fulton. look like he was running that fast. He didn't. Um, he, he was looking for the ground. I just I just feel like, you know, Texas – it's just been a while since they were in that moment and, and really, you know, ready to take the reins back from Oklahoma. And I just think that they kind of shrunk down the stretch, and I think they'll they'll get it back this week. Uh, number 11, Kentucky at number one, Georgia. Georgia is a 23-point favorite at home. Who you got it, Rob? Man, so I'm going to go with Kentucky. I think, obviously, Georgia wins the football game, but Kentucky's been playing well, right? They just beat LSU. It was at the Florida game um, yep. that they played before that. They, they, before. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, played everybody well, and Georgia – you know, I don't love – they're great defensively. I don't love their quarterback situation. So I could see Kentucky being able to, you know, keep this, you know, maybe a 20-point loss or something like that. Yeah, I'm going with Kentucky as well. Uh, they beat up on my LSU Tigers. They are 6-0. and Coming into the LSU game, they were 5-0, and and they were um, – they had a negative nine differential in a turnover uh, margin. So – um, that's almost unheard of and still being undefeated. And I just think they can, they ran for 330 yards against LSU. Georgia's a much better team, much better defense, uh, dominant defense, number one in the country, uh, num- you know, number one overall team in the country. But like you said, I, I think Kentucky's going to get to a point where they just, they're going to try to run the ball, control the clock. Even if they lose, they're going to try to keep it close. So I, I think Georgia win this game, but I don't think there's any way Georgia wins by more than three touchdowns so i'm going with kentucky as well uh last game i'll be there this weekend lsu's homecoming number 20 florida at unranked lsu lsu is a 10 and a half point underdog at home in death valley we got an 11 a.m kickoff um was that, that oh yeah well it's homecoming so it's usually going to be an early kickoff for home well no it's it's typically even a homecoming game with tips at the worst be like a 230 game but lsu so damn sad we got picked up at the 11 that's what i was trying to figure out yeah what you got we got flexed into that time yeah basically um listen 
it, it, this has been a, a horrible season. Ed Ogeron will not last uh, after this year if, if he makes it through the season. It, this is his last season at LSU. Um, it, it's just been a, a horrible season. We got embarrassed at Kentucky. I saw somebody tweeted, and I thought this was the perfect tweet, Kentucky has us looking like Kentucky. <laughs> they, I mean, they beat the shit out of us last week. But LSU is going to show some pride. Uh, I don't know if we can win this game. I, in fact, I really don't think we will win this game. But I think they'll keep it close at home, homecoming weekend. They'll come out with some pride, and, and I think we lose by less than 10. So I'm going with uh, LSU not to win but to cover. Same. I'm going with LSU to not to win but to cover. It's Death Valley. I mean, it's homecoming. Like, and it's a rivalry game. I just yeah, don't see. Pride. Yeah, I just don't see them getting blown away like this. Yeah, they got they got to show some pride for for the boys. Uh, NFL Saints are on a bye. 49ers, Falcons on a bye this week. Uh, this is the first week's a bye. First week of buys. Um, but they got some real good matchups. The first game: Chargers at Ravens. The Ravens are a three point uh, favorite. Both teams into the week, uh, week six at four and one. Uh, Justin Herbert looks like the real deal, but Lamar Jackson in that, that rushing attack, they look like the real deal in Baltimore. They believe in, especially after that comeback on Monday Night Football. I think the Ravens win and cover. Who do you got here, Rob? I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, Chargers, you know, put together, you know, a decent defense over the last couple of years and, and, you know, Justin Herbert is playing well at quarterback right now, throwing the ball all over the yard. I think that um, Ravens coming in on a short week uh, after playing on Monday Night Football and kind of an emotional victory. I think this one is 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 you know ready for the Chargers to take. All right, game two, we got Arizona at Cleveland. Um, Arizona is undefeated at five and zero. Playing at Cleveland, who just lost to the Chargers in a 47-42 battle uh, in Los Angeles. Cleveland's th- into this game at three and two. Cleveland is a two and a half point favorite. Rob, who you got here? I'm going Arizona here, man. They're five and zero. I'm not betting with Baker Mayfield. I mean, they're out here giving me excuses about shoulder injuries and whatnot. Um, Odell Beckham ain't right. Jarvis Landry not back. Um, and you know. Arizona is just – they look like they, they could be in the midst of one of those special seasons. Yeah, Arizona looks mm-hmm. like the real deal. Um, they struggled against a 49ers team that had Trey Lance, the backup quarterback, starting. I think Arizona's due for a letdown. Cleveland's got a hell of a running game with Nick Chubb and um, Kareem Hunt. Beckham has got to get back on track sooner or later. I think it's this game. So I'm going to go with Cleveland to win and cover. Um, last game is Dallas Cowboys 4-1 and one at the 2-3 and three New England Patriots. Somehow um, the Patriots are – no, the Patriots are a four-point underdog at home. Um, uh, I'm going to take this one first, and I am going with the Cowboys. I talked to you earlier about it. The Cowboys are hot. They believe in themselves. Um, they're 4-1. and one. The one loss was a nail-biter at Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Tampa Bay celebrating their Super Bowl 
season. So I, I just think Dak is, is playing at a high level. Ezekiel Elliott is back to his old ways. Tony Pollard might be the best uh, backup running back, not named Kareem Hunt in the NFL. Um, and C.B. Lamb and Amari Cooper. That offense is balling defensively. They got Micah Parsons. And uh, what's my boy, the cornerback? Uh, uh, God, dog it. Diggs. Diggs has six interceptions in five games. Uh, he's balling out there, cornerback for, for Dallas. I'm going with Dallas winning uh, over New England by more than four. Yeah, I got Dallas. I just don't – the Patriots don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with Dallas. Um, <clears throat> you know, we talked about the fact that they look good against the, the Buccaneers and they managed to, you know, really hold them in and keep that game close. It probably should have won if their, their field goal kicker, uh, Nick Folk, could have hit that field goal. But I don't think that, um, you know, the conditions – it was a cold, rainy night, Tom Brady going back to New England. I, I don't think that – um, the Patriots will be able to recreate that defensive effort against this Cowboys team. No way. No way. Um, and that's our picks, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get out here, uh, what you binge watching? Well, I just finished that Squid Games. So, yes, saw it. Saw it. Uh, obviously, you know, I finished the season of Billions, uh, Power, Book of Canaan. Finish that watching the BMF series right now. I'm so. on that BMF. I'm on that BMF. It, mm-hmm. You know, 50 doing his thing. I ain't gonna lie. BMF is, is yeah. pretty good. Uh Power Book Two or Three? Tyreek or Kanan? Kanan. Crazy. Kanan is definitely better than crazy. No, you, you you must like cheesy uh <laughs> the, the, the Tyreek season is cheesy. I also randomly binged watched uh, you know, this is for 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 the couples in the house. Um, uh, HBO miniseries um, about uh, scenes from a marriage. Scenes from a marriage. I that, it was in, it was intense. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't I know. You, right? Yeah, that breaking up. That's breaking up. Happy home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, those are probably the last couple of things that I that I binge watch. Look, we we are sports podcast, so I'm gonna end it off with a sports mm-hmm. show. Ted Lasso. If you're not on it on Apple TV. Check that shit out. It's real good. It's about a football coach coaching Wichita State who takes a head coaching job to be a soccer coach at a Premier League in Europe. Uh, binge watch the first season with Erica. It was couldn't stop on season two. Shit, it's really good. It's hilarious. But uh, check it out. It's, it's a good show. So that's all we got. Anything before we get out of here, Rob? Nah, nah. We out of here. We'll be back next week. See y'all later. All right. Ready, be a visionary, and maybe you can see your name in the column of obituary. Third grade teacher reading and talking about, I knew he'd amount to nothing. They was like, he was the quiet type. Who'd have thought they was frontin'? Talking loud like.